Prayer is powerful, right? In other words, we believe as a church that we don't just pray because it makes us feel good, like it's therapy, like sometimes you just need a good cry. Like ladies will go off and cry. Sometimes men, what they do is they get home from work and they sit in the driveway with their head on the steering wheel for like 10 minutes to decompress. Uh, everyone has their way of their little therapy of getting through life. And some people feel like prayer is just therapy to make you feel better. But we believe prayer is powerful. In fact, prayer is the most powerful weapon that a Christian can wield, prayer and the word of God. But unfortunately, a lot of Christians aren't using this weapon correctly. And that's what I wanted to help you do today is figure out, learn how, what prayer really is and how to actually use this weapon that God has given us. So to many Christians, prayer looks like this. You're living in the flesh. Uh, your life is not perfect, right? We live in a world that's screwed up. It's messed up. And so we have people, uh, sicknesses, illnesses, financial problems. Sometimes our own problems are our own fault. Come on. We make dumb decisions. We do bad things. And so we go through life and there's all these things that we don't like. And, and we see that just uh, we know they're not right. And so we decide, we look at them and we decide how we think they should be. We decide for ourselves, well, I think my kids should be this way, and I think my health should be this way, and I think that the, the government should be this way. And so what do we do? We do everything we can to try to make life turn out like we want it to turn out. How many of you know the frustration of trying to make life turn out how you want it to turn out? Especially when it's other people. They can be stubborn sometimes, right? I mean, they, they just don't cooperate with your vision of how they should act, right, and how they should live. Not only that, your own life. You decided you were going to eat right, and that lasted for a couple weeks, and then, then you got off the bandwagon. You said, I'm going to have a cheat day, and the cheat day, three months later, you're like, oh, that was a long cheat day. <laughs> Not even you cooperate with your own idea of how you want things to turn out. So these Christians, they look at the world, and they try to make things happen, and when they don't turn out how they want, what do they do? They go to God in prayer and they start asking God to change everything to fit the way they view life. And then when their prayers aren't answered, then when things don't turn out how they wanted them to turn out, they get disappointed. They get discouraged. They get mad at God. They get upset with the pastor. You know, there are some people today who are upset with me because God didn't do what they wanted him to do. And that's the truth. They're mad, they're upset, and, and they get disappointed, and at the very least, they lose their, their connection with the power of prayer. They stop believing that prayer actually matters and does things, and it's simply because they have it all wrong. Prayer is not a way to get God to bend to your will. Prayer is a way to get you to bend to God's will. And when you kneel in prayer... When you stop and you go before the Lord, the idea is not that God is going to make all your dreams come true, turn things into the way you want them to be. The idea is that God slowly breaks your will down until you get in alignment with his will, until your body gets in alignment with his will, until your mind and your soul and your neighbors and your boss and your city and your community. You see, prayer is not a way. To make the world around you change to fit your preference, but to fit his. You, will, you can't reach a, a deep place in serving God until you reach the place where you let go of it being your way. And you say, Lord, your way is what I want. I think about Jesus' time on earth. He walked in this same messed up world that you and I walk in. Hey, there were difficulties and challenges and, and sicknesses and, and problems. And we know that 
he would often escape and go off away from everyone else to pray. What was the basis of Jesus' prayers? Wouldn't you like to be like hiding in the bushes when Jesus went off? And, uh, and just, uh, I wanted to say he didn't even know you're there, but then of course Jesus would probably know you're there. But like you could really just listen to him and his father talking together. What do you think he was saying? Do you think he was saying, Father, I see all this stuff in the world and I don't like it and I'd like for you to turn it this way and change it this way and, and make this person do this? Or do you think he was breaking the flesh down? You see, he was God, yes, but he was God in the flesh and so there were temptations the temptation to have it my way the temptation for things to turn out how I want them to turn out and when he went off alone what was the secret to his prayer life because we know he went around and he did miracles he raised the dead he did all these wonderful things and at some point the disciples wanted to know Jesus what's the secret teach us to pray and this is where we get the Lord's Prayer. How many of you could quote to me the Lord's Prayer? Our Father who is in heaven, right? It found in, in Matthew chapter 6, also in another place in, I think, Luke. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, 9 and 10 is what I'm going to pray. And, and I don't want to go through the whole thing. I want you to see how Jesus teaches us to pray by laying the proper foundation right from the start. He says this in verse 9, pray then in this way, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Oh, what does that mean? What does hallowed mean? It means holy. It means God is God. You see, when you kneel to pray, the first thing you got to do is put God in his place. And the second thing you need to do is put you in your place. So oftentimes we approach God, we start off, Stephen, with this mindset that we know what's best and God's going to do it for us. But those roles are reversed. It's like we're being God and we're telling him to be our people and go do what we want. We want to harness God's power to make our dreams come true. Jesus said, when you kneel and pray, start out with this. God, you are God. You are holy. You are the one who knows all. It is your will that is right, not mine. Put God in his place and put yourself in your place, which means, Father, I'm just your child. I don't see what needs to be done. I don't know what's best or what's right. I, I think I know what's best for everybody, but the truth is, I don't know what's best for you. There are many times that I'm hesitant to give other people advice because I'm not God. I don't know what's best for you. He may be leading you in a way that doesn't make sense to me. Come on, are you feeling me today? And I, and I might mess you up if I tell you my opinion. We have to realize that I don't know what's best for you. And the truth is, I don't even know what's best for me. Come on, I think I do. I think I know what's best for me. And I have opinions, that's for sure. But the truth is, God is God and I am not. He sees things that I don't see. He knows things that I don't know. He says, start off by putting God in his place and putting you in your place. Come on, somebody say amen to that. He says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What is he saying? The way it is in heaven, everything that God wants happens in heaven. His will is done to perfection in heaven. And Jesus is saying, when we pray, we should be praying, God, the way it is up there, make it that way in my life. Let every aspect of my life be in line with your will. Let everything about my life be in line with your will. I'm not asking you to do it my way, God. I'm saying, do it your way. Glory be to God. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. Yes, he goes on to say, give us our daily bread. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. All the other things that we pray for. But those things stand on a foundation of God is God. I am not. Let your will be done. Come on. Are you with me today? 
What if we started our prayers off that way? How would that change everything in our lives? You see, when Jesus went off to pray, I don't believe he was trying to convince the father to give him what he wanted. I believe he was letting go of his own will, letting go of his own flesh, his own fleshly desires, resisting the temptation to say, God has got to turn out my way. And he was saying, Father, let your will be done no matter where it takes me or what I got to do. Hallelujah. Oh, powerful prayers don't change God. They change you. Powerful prayers don't align God to your will. They align you to his. Come on. Sometimes we need church to get on our knees to a point that God can break us down and get rid of all of our own selfish ideas and desires and let his will be done in our lives. Hallelujah. I want to give you a visual today. I built something. This comes from my mind because when I pray, especially here lately, this is what I kind of what I see. This is a visual of, of what I see. You see, this, this uh, white part is God's will. It's straight as an arrow, isn't it? It is, uh, it is let's say, immovable. God's will, God's plan for your life. Amen. It's God's will in your body. It's God's will in your, in your finances. God's will in your church. God's will in every aspect of your life. It's God's will in the world, in politics, in creation, in everything. God has a plan. He has a will. Amen. And it's a good will. It's, it's a good thing. It's what is right the way it should be. Now, this green stick represents, uh, let's say, our will. Now, if we were talking about the will of the world, it'd probably go in exactly the opposite direction of God's will. And there are some people who are kind of like this. They are uh, sort of uh, at uh, opposites of God's will, sort of contrasting God's will. And let's be honest. Most of us Christians are, you know, we hover somewhere in here, don't we? We're kind of close to God's will, but we got our own opinions and we want things to turn out our way. And there's some folks, I won't name them, <laughs> but I could, who, who are constantly mad at God. They're over this way because God didn't do what they wanted. And they're upset because God didn't do what they wanted. And they're constantly at odds with God's will. Let me tell you something. God's will has a flow to it. It has a flow to it. Let me, let me explain to you what I mean. If you think of God's will going in a direction, that life is moving in a direction and God has a plan. And when God created everything, the earth, uh, all of it, it was created in perfection. God didn't create this mess. He created everything in perfection. And it's all, when it's in perfection, it's in perfect alignment and it is moving with God's will. But sin came into the world, didn't it? And when sin came into the world, it messed everything up. So now there are lots of people, lots of things, even creation itself is not in perfect alignment with God's will. So when Jesus said, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, that tells us something. God's will isn't perfectly done here on earth, is it? Uh, you can just look around or you can look in the mirror and know that God's will isn't perfectly done because you don't always do what God wants you to do, do you? Come on. And I, I remember that time God told me to shut up and I didn't shut up. <laughs> right? <laughs> I remember that time I was driving and God said, uh, no, don't shake your fist at that guy. And I did it anyway. Uh, come on. You can say, oh, me. How about it? Are you with me today? You see, God's will is not perfectly done because we live in this broken world and, and things are messed up. And, and when we pray, we might want to reshape it the way we want it to be. So we think life should be this direction and we're telling God, hey, God, why don't you bend yourself over, bend yourself over to the way I want things to be? Wouldn't it just be great, God, if you'd make me rich? Wouldn't it be wonderful if that, uh, if that uh, supermodel would marry me? Wouldn't it be just fantastic? Stephen, there's a supermodel with your name on her right there. And, and wouldn't it just 
be great if you were rich and good looking and everything was just, oh God, just bend your will to mine. And all the while God is saying, no, no, Jesus taught you, let the kingdom come, let his will be done, let his will be done. You see, prayer is not a way to get God to try to push God over and, and make it turn out the way we want. No, prayer is a way that we push our own selves. We say, no, I don't want to go, I don't want it my way, God, I'm, I'm releasing my will and I'm pushing myself into alignment with your will. And let me tell you something, you want God's will for your life. I know some people think of God's will like it's just a different choice. Like if I went to a restaurant and I ordered a cheeseburger and they brought me pizza, and I, you know, I'd say that wasn't my choice. And they'd say, well, this is what I wanted to give you, so just eat what I want you to have. A lot of people think God's will is kind of like that. He's just giving you pizza. He's, he doesn't give you what you want. He gives you what he wants. You don't understand that your life, your body, your mind, your health, your finances, your family, there is a spot, a, a place where you can snap into the will of God and be in perfect alignment. And when you do, you function as God intended you to function. Creation functions as God intended. Come on. Now what we see is when we get in line with God's will, we enjoy the benefits of God's will. Not bending God to us, but bending ourselves to him because God's will is better than yours. He can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask or think. Come on, somebody. He can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you can ask or think. The Bible says that God's ways are above your ways. The Bible says that he loves you more than you love yourself. He can see what you cannot see. He knows what you do not know. He has an eternal perspective. His plans for you are good ones, the Bible says. In fact, they are plans that are better than you would make for your own self. Hallelujah, Jesus. God's will is better than yours. All creation functions in perfection and rightness and goodness when it lines up with the will of God. See, once you understand that God's will is good, that it's better than you could possibly imagine, you won't be asking for selfish things. You'll be saying, not my will, Lord, but yours be done, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let it turn out the way you want it to turn out. Jesus didn't just teach us to pray this way. He lived this way. Hallelujah, Jesus. In Luke 22, very familiar story. From the beginning of time, God's, the Father's plan for our salvation was to send Jesus' his Son to die on the cross to pay the penalty for your sins and mine. And then to rise from the dead so that we might have life in him. That was his plan from the very beginning. God's plan of salvation so now Jesus is on the earth at this time in Luke chapter 22. He's been obedient to the Father and he's coming upon the time that he's going to be crucified. And he goes into the garden and he kneels down to pray. And in verse 40 it says, When he arrived at the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. What was temptation at this point? What, what is he talking about? Pray that you may not enter into temptation. He's at the garden with his disciples. He knows they're about to come and arrest him. and He's going to be crucified on a cross. He knows he's about to face it. This is what he was born for. This is what he was here for. What's the temptation? He's saying, pray that you do not enter into temptation. It's the temptation to say, do it my way, God. I'm going to run. I'm going to save my life. I'm, I'm going to escape this. I'm going to... I'm, I'm going to 
turn everything into the way I want it to be. I'm going to run from your will. I'm going to run from your plan. I'm going to make it turn out the way I want. Because let me tell you something. Sometimes God's will will take you into perilous places. It'll take you into dangerous places, but God's got a plan that's greater than the moment. Are you hearing me? God's got a plan that is going to produce something greater than those moments. He said, pray that you don't enter into temptation. And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw. Once again, he goes off on his own and he knelt down and began to pray saying this, father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. What is he saying? He's saying, God, if there's any way within the realm of your will that I don't have to go through this, then let it be. Show me, is there another path where I don't have to die for the sins of the world? Is there another path where I don't have to be nailed to a cross and take upon myself the punishment for every sin that everyone committed? Yes, there are times when we can tell God what we want, but we should always fit it in the framework of, Father, if you are willing. God, I'd like to have a new car if it fits within your will. God, I would like to do this if it fits within your will. God, I'd like a better job if it fits within your will. See, there's nothing wrong with telling God what you want so long as you don't have to have what you want. As long as you say, God, if you are willing, Jesus said, yet not my will, but yours be done. Oh, here it is. Here it is right here. Jesus submits himself to the will of God. He goes off on his own. He kneels down in prayer. The Bible says this. He's praying. Sweats are falling off of him as though they were great drops of blood. He's in great anguish. He knows what he's about to endure. He had flesh and blood just like you and I do. He felt pain. He knew it was coming. He knew it was God's will and he was praying. And what happened in that prayer is the will of the flesh just began to fall off of him. And he determined finally, you know what, God, not what I will, but what you will. The most powerful prayer in the world is the one where you finally get rid of your will and you say, God, whatever it takes, wherever it leads me, let your will be done. Hallelujah, Jesus. Watch what happens next. Verse 43, now an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. Can I promise you something? No matter what you're going through, no matter where God's will leads you, when you say, not my will, but yours be done, God is going to strengthen you. God is going to strengthen you. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. He's going to give you the fortitude and the courage to face whatever you got to face. He's going to give you the ability, the peace, uh, the finances, the direction, the wisdom, whatever it is you need, strength for the moment. Hallelujah. God is going to give it to you. You see, Jesus was strengthened because he said, God, let your will be done. I want to tell you something today. You don't think you can face it. You might know what's coming. You might have a sin that you're going to go through something here and you don't like it and you're saying to yourself and to God, Lord, I, I'm praying, please, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. But if you'll just follow that up with God, not my will, but yours be done. Angels will be dispatched and God will strengthen your life. He will give you everything you need to endure. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And what was the result of Jesus praying God's will? I want you to just imagine. Just imagine that things didn't go that way. What if, what if Jesus asking the Father to take this cup from me and God was to say, you know what, okay, you've asked and I'm going to do what you ask so you don't have to die on the cross. The 
produce of that, the result of that would be that one man would escape death. Just one. And just for a period of time. One man, Jesus, wouldn't have had to have died if the flesh won out. And I want you to know today that oftentimes when we pray for prayers in the flesh and we're telling God what we want, there might be a result from that that you feel is good. It might be temporarily beneficial. But look what happened because Jesus submitted to the Father's will. Because the Father's will was done, countless souls were saved. Countless bodies were healed. Countless people were set free. Chains were broken. Lives were, were, were changed. Death defeated. Victory was won because he submitted to the Father's will. Let me say it one more time. God's will is better than your will. Oh, hallelujah. Yeah, if you just get that, if you just get that, I don't see it, God, but I know your way is better than mine. That in the long run, it's going to produce better results than I could possibly know or imagine. That when you said exceedingly above all that I could ever ask or even think of, it was for a moment like this. Hallelujah. So what is God's will? Can you know God's will? You sure can. If you've got a Bible in your hand, you can know God's will. God's word is God's will. Come on. Did you hear that? God's word is God's will. Let's, let's turn together. Hallelujah, Jesus. We're going to look in Romans 12, 2. If I can get my computer to work here. Thank you, Jesus. Romans 12, 2. Familiar scripture, but I want to go through it because there's, there's a couple of key things here. It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Conformity to this world, this world is saying, hey, whatever you want is right for you. If you want to be a mouse, be a mouse. If you, uh, you want to spend all your money on drugs, be a drug addict. If you want to beat people up, be, beat people up. You know, there's even a movement today that says being a pedophile, uh, uh, wanting to love children in a sexual way is a preference. And if you want to do that, that's just your truth and that's good for you. You know what? The world's way says you are God. He is not. Do what you want because you're God. Make it however you want to make it. Shape your life, your world the way you you want to make it. We know that's not the way of Christ. Do not be conformed to the patterns of the world. Don't decide how you want it to be. Decide that you want to find what God wants it to be. And then be transformed by renewing your mind. How do you renew your mind? You got to get the word in it. You got to get the Bible in your mind. You got to get the word of God into your mind. It is what renews you over and over and over again. You may not realize it, but through your mind, as you listen to me today, the word of God is being put into your spirit and, and it's uh, being stacked up there, saved up for the moments that you need it. And it is renewing your thinking, changing how you see things. It is, uh, it is breaking off the pieces of your ideas and it is planting God's truth and word into you. You need the word of God because the word is the will. Hallelujah. Why do we do this? It says so that you may prove what is the will of God. So don't conform to the patterns of the world. Renew your mind with the Bible and what happens? You will prove what the will of God, that which is good and perfect. Remember that? Oh, you remember that? He's saying, look, if you don't live like the world and you put the word of God in you, what happens is you'll get in alignment with God's will, which is good and which is perfect. Whoo, that's some good stuff right there. 
Oh, there is so much truth in the word that people are missing because they just don't know the word of God. So what happens in those moments in our lives when our particular situation doesn't necessarily fall in the Bible? So, uh, you know, the Bible says a lot of things about a lot. But if you're praying about whether to leave a job and start a new one uh, or whether to start a new ministry or or whatever it is, praying to get that surgery or not get that surgery, whatever it is. And you can't turn to the book of, uh, you know, whatever. And it says, hey, do this, buy that car or don't. And you're wondering, God, what is your will for my life? You know what? That's where we have to rely upon the Holy Spirit who lives within us. And we're going to turn to uh, Romans 8 again. Romans 8. Thank you, Jesus. How many of you are with me today? Oh, this is so good. I hope you get this. You know, the Word of God is better than good preaching. Hallelujah. This stuff excited me this week because I've read this a million times, but watch how it relates to praying the will of God. In verse 26, in the same way, the spirit helps our weakness. Once again, that weakness is the flesh wanting to do its own thing. It helps our weaknesses for we do not know how to pray as we should. (laughs) I mean, you kneel in prayer and you're, you're just bombarded with the troubles of this world and you don't even know how to pray. You know what you want. You know what your flesh desires. We don't even know how we should pray. But the Spirit intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Can I tell you something? When you pray in the Spirit, you will never pray anything but the will of God. Those of you who are baptized in the Holy Spirit and you speak in tongues, I want to encourage you. You need to pray in tongues. You you know why? Because the Bible says that it's the Spirit that gives the utterance. And when you pray, you are uttering what the Holy Spirit wants you to utter. And he will never pray anything in the flesh, anything contrary to the Bible, anything contrary to the will of God. When you don't know how to pray, pray in tongues. You are declaring the will of God when you do. Come on. Paul said, I pray in tongues more than you all. I believe Paul knelt down at times, didn't know whether to go left or right. And all he could do was pray in tongues. And you know what? God's will is declared when you do so. Hallelujah. He who searches uh, the hearts knows what the mind of the spirit is because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that God causes all things. Oh, let me stop. I got to stop. What, what happens when you pray the will of God? What happens when you kneel down and you let go of your will and you pray the will of God? What is he saying? When you pray the will of God, even when you don't know the will of God and you pray in tongues and you're praying in the spirit, the will of God, what is the result? God causes all things to work together for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There may be enemies surrounding you, bad news coming your way, difficulties and challenges, and it looks like there's no way out. But I'm here to tell you, God is a God who will set a table in the presence of your enemies. Hallelujah. He's a God who is going to work all things together for the good of those who kneel in prayer and say, God, not my will, but yours be done. When you let go of it having to be your way and you say, God, have it your way in my life. Let your will be done. Hallelujah, Jesus. So when you kneel down to pray, how do you pray the will of God? And I'm going to close with this because you need to get this. You see, when I kneel down to pray and you ask me to pray for you, I'm trying my best to remember this. 
I, I see God's will in your life. And you're telling me God's will is, is not being done. You're telling me there's something out of alignment. Pastor, pray for me. My body's sick and my finances are bad. Or I've been discouraged. And, and you're just somewhere. You're not really right in line with God's will. Or some aspect of your life is not in God's will. I'm not praying that God would uh, make your dreams come true. I'm not praying that God would bend himself to fit your own ideas. What I'm praying is that God would push your body back into alignment with his word. Hallelujah. The word says that by his stripes we have been made whole. Hallelujah. That he is the God who heals us. Glory to his name. Oh, and when your finances are out of whack, I'm not praying that, that, that God would just give you exactly what you want. You want to check in the mail. Maybe God's going to lower your bills. Maybe God's going to give you a new job. I don't know how God's going to provide for you, but I'm not praying God bends his will to yours. I'm praying that your finances come in alignment with God's will, that they just snap into the perfection and the goodness of the way God wants things to turn out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So when you kneel down to pray, do what Jesus said. Number one, put God in his place. Sometimes we, we have such desperate times in our lives, we, kneel, we, we, we don't even kneel. We just stop and we say, God, do this. And that's okay. But we all need those times when we separate and we go away. And we get alone with God and we know we're doing it for one reason. For him to break us down. To, to shrink the fleshly desires, the temptation to say my way, so that his will can be done. So that we can be bent to his will. Hallelujah. Put God in his place. Kneel down and say, God, you're the one who's holy, not me. You're the one who's God, not me. Now, I see it this way, Lord, and, and I think it could turn out this way. And if it's in your will, nevertheless... You're God and I am not. Put God in his place. Put yourself in your place. You're his child. You're his servant. He is God. You are not. And then begin to align yourself with God's will. Pray that God would align your body with his will. If you're sick and you've been in pain, pray that God would align your body uh, with God's will. Speak to your body and say, you've got to get in alignment with God's will. If your mind is confused and you've been saddened or don't know what to do, pray. Let my thinking uh, line up with God's will. Let my mind line up with God's word. Let my emotions line up with God's word. Let my finances, come on somebody, come on, let my finances line up with God's word oh and when God's got you straight as an arrow saying Lord whatever your will is is okay by me start praying for the people around you hallelujah they don't know it but what they need is to line up with God's will because the best outcome they could possibly experience is if God's will was done in their lives so start praying oh for my kids for my parents for my neighbors for my community for my co-workers let your will be done in their life God I pray that their minds their attitudes their life would line up with your will I can see that they're a you, God, I can see in the spirit realm that the devil's knocked them out of whack. They've given in to temptation. They're discouraged and I'm not leaving them like this. So I'm praying, Lord, I'm pushing them back into your will. God, I pray God that they would just snap into the perfection of your will. Come on, somebody. Are you getting this today? Well, Jesus, I want to close with this. When Jesus said, let your kingdom come, let your will be done. The Bible says the kingdom lives within you right now. And that you and I are bringing the kingdom to earth so that around your life in the spirit realm, you are, you are, by your prayers in your life, you are aligning the world with the will of God. 
This messed up world has spots of light in it where you exist. Where things that were once contrary to God's will are getting prayed into alignment with the will of God. Isn't that beautiful? And, and yes, the world is still messed up. Yes, it seems like things are getting worse. That's okay because there is somebody who is coming with the most bright light there ever was. His name is Jesus. He's going to return again. And when he does, what is he going to do? He's going to bring the kingdom in a physical sense so that everything begins to line back up with the perfection of God. One day when Christ comes again, he's going to bring all of creation into perfect alignment with the will of God. Glory be to his name. Until then, you know what I'm going to do when I leave here? I'm going to go to my home and I'm going to align my world with the will of God. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray that my body, my soul, my spirit, my finances align with the will of God. I'm going to stop deciding so much how I want things to turn out. And I'm just going to relax and let God have his way in my life and in my health and in my finances and in my family. Glory be to his name.